Thank you very much. You're listening to the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark, and we are here on WETF South Bend, Indiana, the jazz station. So, today we're going to be listening to uh, some music that was recorded in New York, in Harlem. Uh, the Harlem bands from oh, about 1925 to 1929. And these were groups, uh, today anyway, that we're focusing on that were not um, playing in the larger, more flashy venues like the Cotton Club or. Uh, the uh, Saratoga Club or the Roseland Ballroom or places where the bigger bands like Duke Ellington or Louis Russell or Fletcher Henderson were playing. Those were 
kind of uh, the, 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 the top of the line for bands of the 1920s, black bands of the 1920s. The music we're going to be hearing was played in smaller clubs. Uh, they might have been clubs uh, that catered to uh, African Americans or whites or more likely at this point, a combination of the two. These were speakeasies, uh, this being during Prohibition, so they were kind of outside of the law a little bit. So it could have been a mixed audience that were listening to it. And these were uh, groups that were made up of maybe not the best-known musicians of the day, but certainly very accomplished ones, and in some cases uh, influential as well. We started out with a band led by Chick Webb, the drummer. Now, Chick Webb was better known for having led the band at the Savoy Ballroom in the mid to late 1930s. He died in 1939, uh, but uh, this band was recorded in 1929, June of 1929, on two different dates, and this was right from the beginning of his association with the Savoy Ballroom. And the band was smaller. It didn't have, obviously, those swing characteristics that his later bands did. His later bands also, of course, had Ella Fitzgerald as this big commercial property. This band was, I think, a little bit more indicative of what was being played at the smaller clubs. The Savoy was a fairly small club at the time. It grew uh, considerably uh, after that. We heard uh, in this band Ward Pinkett playing trumpet. He played, uh, uh, I think, the muted solo on the second tune, as well as taking the scat vocal on the first tune. The first tune was called Dog Bottom, and the second one was Jungle Mama, a.k.a. Jungle Blues, both recorded for Brunswick. And if Jungle Mama sounded familiar and you were uh, listening to the Ray Smith Jazz Decades program in the 1990s and even back to the 1980s, that was the tune he always started out his show with. So uh, happy to include that. In addition to Ward Pinkett, we have Edwin King Swayze, who played uh, with quite a few of the Harlem bands, including uh, Cab Calloway's a little bit later. He played the open trumpet solos, I think. Robert Horton on trombone. In the saxophone section, we have Hilton Jefferson, the great lead alto player here, sort of at the beginning of his career. He played an alto solo on Dog Bottom, and I think the clarinet solo on Jungle Mama. With him in the alto section was Louis Jordan, who of course became much more famous leading uh, the Timpani Five in the later uh, 30s and then through the 40s and 50s. On tenor was a charter member of the uh, web band Elmer Tone Williams on tenor sax, uh, along with Don Kirkpatrick on piano, John Truehart on guitar and banjo. He was a childhood friend of Chick Webb's and uh, stayed with him pretty much the whole length of the band's existence. Elmer James on bass and Chick Webb on drums. He's on the first tune, Dark Bottom. Some sources say he didn't participate in Jungle Blues, Jungle Mama rather, but uh, you can hear some faint bass drum uh, going on in the back there. So that was a good sort of jungle sound or a, a kind of a dark element to, to uh, this type of music. And of course, Ellington, Duke Ellington at the Cotton Club was known as the Jungle Band. He played music for the stage shows at the time. These small clubs we're talking about probably didn't have much in the way of stage shows, but uh, they were uh, certainly dance-oriented and fun-oriented. So we're going to continue with a uh, band that was led uh, by Elmer Snowden, the banjo player. He had led quite a few bands in Harlem and uh, rarely recorded under his own name, but he had bands at, at notable venues from the mid-1920s when he uh, led the band that later became the Duke Ellington Band, all the way up into the 1960s. Uh, this band was the beginnings of the Louis Russell Band, which was about to get its engagement, uh, its signature engagement at the uh, Saratoga Club. This was in uh, April of 1929 and featured uh, Charlie Holmes on clarinet and alto sax. Uh, actually, we're going to hear him on alto and a little bit later on soprano sax, along with Louis Russell on piano and uh, Bass Edwards on bass, and Henry Hicks on trombone, and Louis Metcalf on trumpet. Those were all men who were in that first Louis Russell band. Also, we'll hear Charlie Grimes playing clarinet and alto sax, and an unknown percussionist. And the two tunes we're going to hear are Slow as Molasses and African Jungle, both attributed, attributed to Williams, and I believe it was Clarence Williams who had his hand in a lot of pies at the time, uh, taking credit for compositions. These are pretty involved compositions and arrangements. African Jungle in particular has some really interesting uh, scoring and uh, harmonies behind some of the solos, so interesting music. Following that, we're going to go to a band that was another Elmer Snowden band. It was nominally led on the recording anyway by the trombonist, T-Roy Williams, who plays some very um, respectable solos here, but he was actually discharged from this band between when this recording was made and released, which was probably only about a month and a half or so. Uh, Jimmy Harrison, the great uh, jazz trombonist, came into New York and started taking over a lot of the jobs, and he became Elmer Snowden's trombone player after that. So this band uh, played two numbers, Old Melinda and the Lindbergh Hop, and uh, 
Old Melinda was attributed to Williams and Jackson, which might have been Clarence Williams and Mike Jackson, who uh, collaborated on a number of tunes. And Lindbergh Hop, uh, commemorating Charles Lindbergh's cross-Atlantic uh, flight from this time, was written by Williams and Rex Stewart, the cornet player. So Rex Stewart here is at the beginning of his career playing trumpet, along with T. Roy Williams on trombone. Prince Robinson, a very uh, influential musician of the 1920s in African-American circles, but not a very well-known one, plays clarinet here. We're going to hear him playing tenor on the next uh, session. Uh, on tenor on these two sides is Joe Garland, who is better known as a composer and arranger later on. He did things like In the Mood, uh, arranged for Glenn Miller and Artie Shaw. Uh, he also uh, played in the Mills Blue Rhythm Band and Louis Armstrong's band. Freddie Johnson was a stride pianist who uh, went to Europe not long after this and made some recordings there. Elmer Snowden, of course, on banjo. Bob Seguire on tuba, who had played with the uh, Armand Perone band and also um, with was to go with uh, the Don Redmond band a little bit later. And then Walter Johnson, a very innovative drummer. Um, these recordings were made in May of 1927. A little later, he was to join the Fletcher Henderson band, 1929-1930, and became uh, one of the first really modern-sounding swing-era drummers. Following that, we're going to hear the Gulf Coast 7, and we have four tunes from the Gulf Coast 7. We're going to hear one at the end of this set, the Santa Claus Blues by Clarence Williams. And uh, this one, as well as the one that will lead off our next set, uh, consists of a personnel that is sort of organized around Willie the Lion Smith, the uh, stride pianist. He's probably the uh, music director on this. Uh, June Clark plays trumpet. He was a pretty well-known Harlem musician. Jimmy Harrison is in this band on trombone. Buster Bailey was Moon lighting from the Fletcher Henderson Band. This was recorded in November of 1925, and Bailey plays some very nice clarinet and soprano solos, and some alto as well. Prince Robinson is here featured on tenor sax. We'll hear some uh, some of the reason why he was uh, known as maybe only the second uh, second only to Coleman Hawkins in the 1920s. Willie Lyon on piano, Buddy Christian on banjo, Bill Benford on tuba, and Jazz Carson on drums. I think there's a third read in there too, but uh, we don't know who that is. And that will be the Santa Claus Blues. So those are our tunes for the first set. Uh, Slow as Molasses and African Jungle. And uh, those are by that uh, uh, Louis Russell slash Elmer Snowden band that was called the Jungle Town Stompers. Then we'll hear T. Roy Williams and his orchestra, O. Melinda and Lindbergh Hop, and then the Gulf Coast 7 and Santa Claus Blues. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thank <laughs> you.
was a, a, a trip through about five years of Harlem band recordings. These were groups that were, as I said, more active in the smaller clubs than in the big uh, marquee destinations that were often uh, for whites only. Uh, the Cotton Club was, I believe, um, the Saratoga Club was. I'm not so sure about the Roseland, the dance club. The, uh, might have had a mixed audience in there at certain times. But these clubs we're hearing, uh, or the bands we're hearing right now, were playing in these smaller venues that were uh, could have been black clubs, but they could have been white clubs too. These were speakeasies during the Prohibition era. They were all operating uh, somewhat under the law to begin with, so uh, they could have had a mixed audience, which is an interesting point from this period. So we started out with those two things by the uh, Jungle Town Stompers, the uh, somewhat early version of the Louis Russell Band. Now, Louis Russell's band went into the Saratoga Club in 1929, right around this time. This was in April of 1929, and uh, as I said, some of the players in this group were part of the, the Russell Band that went in there. Louis Metcalf, for example, Charlie Holmes, I think Henry Hicks was as well. Um, but he soon took on some of the New Orleans musicians who were floating around uh, New York at the time because he had uh, uh, Louis Russell played in New Orleans after he left Panama in uh, the early 1920s. So he got Albert Nicholas and Red Allen, Pops Foster, Paul Barbran, different people like that. It really changed the sound of the band. But this group was really quite interesting. And these arrangements, whoever did them, uh, were really quite uh, innovative and interesting for the time period. African Jungle, especially the second tune we heard, had some very clever scoring and some uh, interesting harmonic twists to it and so forth. We heard Louis Metcalf doing the trumpet solos, one muted solo, I think on Slow as Molasses, and then open solos on both. Henry Hicks did some very good uh, forthright trombone. As I mentioned, Charlie Holmes played the alto solos, Charlie Grimes played the clarinet solos, along with Louis Russell, Elmer Snowden on banjo, and Henry Bass Edwards on tuba. From there, we went to uh, the T. Roy Williams Orchestra, which was from two years earlier. This was another version of an Elmer Snowden band that was playing at, uh, I believe, the Nest Club at the time. And uh, we heard O. Melinda and Lindbergh Hop, both of which came from uh, May of 1927 and featured Rex Stewart on cornet, playing some very hot cornet styles. He was very young at the time. He had been with the uh, Fletcher Henderson Band very briefly when Louis Armstrong left in 19, late 1924, early 1925, but he felt he wasn't up to the task, so he left and actually went on tour with uh, Fletcher's brother, Horace Henderson, and the Wilberforce Collegians and did a year, year and a half with them, uh, playing alongside Benny Carter, who was also with the group at the time, before coming back to New York and rejoining the Henderson Band about this time. So Rex Stewart was on cornet. T. Roy Williams did some good trombone playing on there. Uh, Prince Robinson, uh, some very uh, good clarinet work. He doesn't get credit for uh, some of his musical abilities because he didn't play with any really well-known bands for any length of time. He played very briefly with the Duke Ellington Band before they hit it big, and then McKinney's Cotton Pickers. He played with Roy Eldridge's band in the 30s. Uh, he has a career that lasted into the 1950s. Very, very good musician. Joe Garland played some tenor sax solos. Freddie John Johnson on stride piano, uh, Elmer Snowden again on banjo, Bob Seguire on tuba, and Walter Johnson on drums. And that was Oma Linda and Lindbergh Hop. Then we finished up with the Gulf Coast 7, June Clark playing also a very hot cornet style with Jimmy Harrison playing uh, by far the best trombone we've heard and probably the best we will hear today. Buster Bailey did some uh, typical uh, fleet clarinet work. He was playing with Fletcher Henderson's band. He was considered one of the top musicians of the day. He also played some soprano sax solos on that and on, I believe, the next one's coming up. Prince Robinson did some tenor playing, and uh, his tenor playing really... Uh, could be in some ways mistaken for uh, Coleman Hawkins. Joe Garland's tenor playing was also very good, but Prince Robinson's uh, was 
very underrated, or is very underrated, I should say. And as I said, Coleman Hawkins was very complimentary. We heard Willie the Lion Smith playing piano, not soloing too much in there, but he was probably the music director of the band, and I would bet he was the, the band leader when they when some group like this played in a club. Buddy Christian on banjo, Bill Benford on tuba, and Jazz Carson on drums from November of 1925. So we're going to start out the next set with the session mate of the Santa Claus Blues. That same band, we're going to hear a tune called Keep Your Temper, which was uh, composed by Willie the Lion Smith. And this is one of his many compositions that he composed at the keyboard, so it has a good stride piano feel to it, and uh, good solos all around as well. Then we're going to hear another uh, two tunes that were... uh, performed by a group with the same name, the Gulf Coast 7, but not a lot of personnel um, carryover. In fact, none. Um, But this was a band that uh, used some musicians from other bands, including the Duke Ellington Band at the time. It was probably put together by Perry Bradford, who uh, was a songwriter and who sings on the second tune. He actually wrote both of these tunes, um, the second one in conjunction with the pianist, James P. Johnson, another one of the great Harlem Stride pianists. So these are from October of 1928, not precisely a working band, because uh, the personnel does uh, have a lot to do with the Duke Ellington band, uh, we think, anyway. The, the personnel on here is a little bit up in the air, but it's been surmised that Joe Tricky Sam Nanton is on trombone, Johnny Hodges on soprano, and Barney Begard on clarinet and tenor sax. We'll make our own decisions as it goes. Louis Metcalf is back on trumpet, or cornet in this case, James P. Johnson on piano, and a drummer who may be Sonny Greer from the Duke Ellington band, and as I said, Perry Bradford on vocals. And the two tunes we're going to hear are The Daylight Saving Blues, and George is Always on My Mind. Um, in, interesting tune, both of them, but especially the second one, which will feature a Perry Bradford vocal. After that, we're going to hear two tunes, one of which gives the name to this program, In Harlem's Araby, which is uh, something that um, will uh, be... Uh, performed by a band that I believe was playing in one of the Harlem clubs at the time. Uh, this may be a Clarence Williams type of group. We're not sure about that, uh, but uh, it does definitely feature the work of Sidney Bechet, the great soprano saxophone player. This tune was written by Porter Granger along with Fats Waller and Joe Trent, so it was written for a show. We're not sure, I'm not sure which show, but um, that, uh, that, 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 um, songwriting team wrote for shows at the time. So that's in Harlan's Araby, which will be followed by the Junk Bucket Blues, also by Porter Granger, leading one to believe that Porter Granger is the piano player on this one, although, again, personnels are a little bit murky. Uh, The trumpet player is also a little bit uh, hard to distinguish. It could be either Johnny Dunn or Thomas Morris, both of whom were known as uh, jazz trumpet players in the pre-Louis Armstrong era. This was recorded in July of 1925. Both of their careers lasted uh, through the 20s and into the 30s. Johnny Dunn actually went to Europe with the Plantation Review and recorded quite a bit over there. He'd recorded quite a bit in the early jazz days. Thomas Morris had a uh, band called the Jazz Babies that uh, um, uh, recorded quite a bit as well, and he was a uh, an intimate of uh, Clarence Williams. After Louis Armstrong moved back to Chicago, Thomas Morris did a lot of the Clarence Williams session uh, in the vacuum that ensued. We're definitely going to hear Joe Nanton on this one on trombone. Uh, he was, uh, at the time, with the Ellington Band, although the Ellington Band hadn't really come together, and uh, Nanton may not have officially joined it at this time. Charlie Irvis was uh, Ellington's first trombone player, and I think he might have been with uh, the group that was playing at the Kentucky Club, or uh, one of those clubs before they went to the Cotton Club. We're going to hear Sidney Bechet on soprano sax. He was actually just about to step on board an ocean liner to go to Europe um, within about a week or two after this recording was made. Uh, On alto sax, we have Bob Fuller, who was a well-known Harlem musician at the time, made a lot of recordings with Clarence Williams and under his own name and as blues accompanists. Uh, Probably Porter Granger, but possibly Clarence Williams or Mike Jackson on piano. Buddy Christian or Sam Speed on banjo. Don't know which one either. And then an unidentified drummer. My suspicion is this was a working band. They sound like they know what they're doing here. Uh, Bechet had been playing on occasion with the Duke Ellington band. Um, And Ellington was very uh, complimentary of Bechet's uh, early influence on his band uh, before they started making records. He had played with them for a few months and never recorded with them, unfortunately. And uh, this could be kind of a reflection of how that band might have sounded a little bit with Bechet in the uh, in the number. So we're going to start out with the Gulf Coast 7, the first version of the Gulf Coast 7, Keep Your t- uh, Temper, 
followed by the second version of the Gulf Coast 7, Daylight Savings Blues and Georgie Are Always On My Mind. And then we're going to hear uh, the band that, uh, as actually I didn't tell you the title of the band, it's called the Get Happy Band. And that is from July of 1925, and they're going to be doing In Harlem's Araby and the Junk Bucket Blues.
know this may sound funny, got so I can't count money. I'm leaving loose change laying all around. I never done so much fretting. This loving is so upsetting. Can't tell a high yellow's from the brown. I fell off like the dickens. I've lost my appetite. I refuse fried chicken almost every night. My voice gets weak and weaker. I must have broke my loudspeaker. Cause Georgia mama sweet things on my mind.
You've been listening to WETF, South Bend, Indiana, the Jazz Station. Hope you've enjoyed this program. This is the Jazz Focus, and my name is John Clark. We're playing some music from some of the Harlem clubs in the mid to late 1920s, uh, some African-American bands playing small groups primarily. So we just heard the Get Happy Band. Going backwards this time, we heard the Junk Bucket Blues and in Harlem's Arabie, both featuring Sidney Boucher. Before that, we heard the Gulf Coast 7 doing uh, George is Always on My Mind, featuring a vocal by Perry Bradford, and the Daylight Savings Blues. Definitely not Johnny Hodges on that recording, and there's no indication of Barney Begard in there either, for that matter, and it probably isn't Joe Nanton, so don't know who that is. The soprano player is quite good, soprano sax, but no idea. It could have been Ernest Elliott, who was another uh, Harlem denizen who played with James P. Johnson quite regularly at the time, and he was on piano. And we started out with the earlier Gulf Coast 7 and Keep Your Temper, Willie the Lion Smith's tune. So we have two more tunes for you right now. These are uh, by a band called the uh, Musical Stevedores. This is yet another Elmer Snowden band. And this features Freddie Jenkins and Louis Metcalf on trumpets. Uh, Jenkins was playing, or had actually, I think, left uh, the Duke Ellington band not too long. Actually, he was still with the Duke Ellington band because this was in January of 1929. Louis Metcalf uh, was playing with a lot of the Harlem bands, as we know, recorded quite often with King Oliver. Henry Hicks again on trombone. We have Charlie Holmes and Clarence Grimes again. Clarence Grimes playing clarinet and alto sax. Charlie Holmes playing uh, soprano sax and alto. Another in our catalog of great stride piano players, Cliff Jackson playing piano and cymbal on here. Elmer Snowden on banjo. Bud Hicks on tuba and uh, an unknown vocal, uh, as well as uh, some uh, percussion effects, probably by Cliff Jackson. These were recorded for Columbia uh, in, as I said, 1929. The two tunes we're going to hear are called Happy Rhythm and Honeycomb Harmony. We're actually going to go in opposite uh, order. We're going to start with Honeycomb Harmony, a very clever arrangement featuring all, all, all hands, and then finish with Happy Rhythm, a good way to end our show. So thank you very much for joining us. Hope you've enjoyed the program, and we'll see you next week. Thank you. 